it's very rewarding whenever you can see that light go on for a child and they get it, especially if they've been practicing and practicing and then they get it. Hello, welcome back to a new episode. Today, we're joined by Margaret. Margaret has over a decade of experience in teaching, having worked as a teacher, private math tutor, and Kuman instructor at four centers across two states. She emphasizes the importance of completing assignments to boost confidence and become more self-reliant. Margaret earned her bachelor's degree in elementary education and has a love for math, which she developed during her Kuman days in first grade. Through her teaching experiences, she has learned the importance of building a solid foundation in math and reading to help students learn advanced concepts. She's now the owner of Kumon of Katie Single Ranch East. This is where my kids go for Kumon and is here to share her insights on how to build strong math reading foundations with the Kumon method. Margaret, it's so nice to have you. Yes, thank you for having me on today. I think a good question is for those who are not familiar with Kumon. How do you describe Kumon to, to let's say, a parent or somebody who has no clue about this? So at Kumon, we are an after-school academic enrichment program, and the students here progress at their own pace. So we've got a whole bunch of different students, some that come in and are already excelling in school. They're just looking for a little bit more of a challenge, and then students who are struggling in school, and so their parents are looking for a way to help support them with their educational studies. That's great. And that's a good point. Like I, I just sent my kids because I'm like, okay, they're struggling with their English after just moving to Houston recently. But I can see parents sending kids just to add a bit of more challenge to their education. I was so curious about how you first got involved with Kumon. So I know you, you were like doing private tutoring. You were also teaching, I believe in Utah. You were like teaching and what made you decide to get more involved with Kumon? Yes, absolutely. So I did start out my career as a fifth grade teacher in Utah, and then I welcomed my first child. And with my husband graduating from college at the same time, we knew a move was probably in our future. And so we decided I would just stay at home with the, the baby. And so that's whenever I became a private math tutor is once I had her because there was a lot more flexibility with the scheduling and I was still able to work with the kids, which I love. And then I had my second child and we were more established. And so I was looking to go back into the work field, but not necessarily in a full-time capacity. And so Kumon was just opening up brand new. And it was so funny because it's, oh, I did that whenever I was a child. I know what this is. And so I went ahead and I applied and I started out as a grader and I worked for eight hours a week. It was very part-time, just grading papers. And then I trained to work directly with the students and started picking up a few more shifts. And about a year into doing that, I decided to work for the company full-time. How did you end up owning your Kumon Center? I think that story is also like fascinating. So yes, whenever I went to work for Kumon, it was for corporate. And so I began as an assistant instructor and I supported three different centers out in Utah. And then I became the instructor with one of the centers up in Clinton, Utah. And then an opportunity became available for the Katy location, the corporate center. 
And I applied for that because that would be going back home. I was born and raised Austin. And so just being able to get back here was great. And so I did work for corporate for eight years total, running all these different locations. The one in Katy that I was originally at, we ended up selling. So that way we could help support some other centers. We took over two different ones and have been able to do that. And then I just decided I want to do this for myself and I want to stay in one location. And so I went to my branch manager and said, hey, what do you think about me buying a center? And it sounds great. So here I am. You started as a grader and then now you own your own center. So when you say that you were teaching math and then you were grading, when you were a little bit more a step away from actually teaching the kids, were you noticing something as you were like grading or as you were like in the classroom looking at the students but not teaching them? If we could go back, this is probably a long time ago, but what are some things that you notice about kids? So back to my very first intro job at the company, we're trained and I find this very true that grading is the first line of instruction. And so being very accurate, being as helpful as you can with any hints that you're giving to the student, because a lot of times the instructors are working with many students at the same time and the hints or the direction that my graders are giving that they've written down makes sense to the students. And you can see that light go on. Okay, I understand this now. And they're able to make those corrections independently. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I love what you said, like how grading is like the first step to instruction. I am also like I coach English to adults. And I notice the same thing. Like I do a lot of immediate correction for them to something is not right here. Can you find the mistake or and then you would guide them You get give stronger hints as as needed. And that's interesting because my kids hate being told what they did wrong. So they were sometimes they will ask me to look at it before going to Kumon, just because they feel like, oh, like, I don't want to be corrected and like having to fix it themselves. So sometimes if I have time, I'll do it at home where something's wrong here, what's wrong, and they go more at peace. But how has this like system being received by students? That's a great question. And we have both sides. So the students that dislike it with a passion. And then I have other students who they ask if they have corrections because they want to do those first. So that way they can ask their questions to the teacher before they do anything new. And so we see both sides of that. I will say more of the students are on the dislike half right. of the corrections, but it's interesting to see. And a lot of times we have to point it out to them. Did you notice how once you fixed the error that you made last class, that you did not make that same error this class. And a lot of times they don't see that growth, but since I'm monitoring it, I can recognize it. And I always try to share that with the students. That's great. That's so helpful. I do the same with my kids. And I, I, I always like regret not having corrected sooner because I can see if they're doing like 10, like a batch of 10 things or whatnot. And if I don't catch the mistake, I can see that being carried over and over. <laughs> Whereas if you were to like have corrected it much sooner, they would not have made the mistake. That's a, like a great point. But for my kids, like when they go to Kumon, I also noticed that there's a lot of repetition and my kids, they tend to get bored. 
but I understand my kids. I understand because like I was also the, the getting bored. I want something more difficult type of person. But I think it's also about building confidence, like speed, like making it more intuitive. So I don't know if you had, what is the balance between doing these drills? Is there a curriculum that you follow? Okay, we need to do this like a hundred times. And then do you, based on the student, do you reduce the number of repetitions? What has been your experience with students who like get tired of doing the same thing over and over? Yes, we definitely see that here at Kumon. We use repetition in order to reach mastery of the skill. And it's different for every child. So the way that the curriculum is designed is that each student at minimum will go straight through a level and then reach the achievement test and take the test. Every student's path is different. And so some students might need to see a lesson in class and then the next day at home, that exact same lesson again in order to retain the material, especially when they're studying above their current grade level. Other students might be able to study, let's say, lessons one through five, and then we'll repeat lessons one through five, and you can see significant growth from that first repetition to the second one. And then after that second one, they now have mastery and they're ready to move into the next section. Right. So you do have a curriculum, but you might tailor that to the particular student. Yes. So every student has an individualized lesson plan. It is. It's, I love it, honestly, because every week I get to go through their classwork and their homework. I can see what skills they have down and they're ready for the next challenge, what instruction we want to give in class the next time that they attend to help them reach that level of mastery so they can get to that next benchmark. Wow. Yeah. I did notice like the, there's, you have the page numbers. So I can see sometimes my kids will like skip like a section so I was like oh is this a mistake but then it, it seemed there was like a thoughtful process behind it so like they would maybe like skip a lesson but then maybe it's because she's like towards the end and she's doing really well or something so I can see like how the work that has been assigned is not always like super linear so I was like that that may require a lot of I don't know preparation and is this something that you alone are doing to decide how to tweak the curriculum for all the students? So all instructors go through the same training. And so we all learn how to do individualized lesson plans. Well, what's happening whenever you're like, oh, we went from 71 to 91. What happened to 81 is that 91 was a key set and they have four days of homework coming up. And so I don't want them to see that key set at home. I want them to do that in the classroom. So I'm going to provide that instruction for them. And then set 81 is going to be sent home as part of the homework, even though it was part of the previous block. They've shown mastery in that block and they're ready for the next oh, section. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I didn't know there was all of this art to it. To me, it was, okay, like we get five and then six. And then is this something that, you know, that you sort of, you did it yourself just to tailor the be the better curriculum for the students? Or is this something that Kumon does as a company? So Kumon does provide a lot of great support. And so we have a worksheet instruction guide and it will tell us what are the key sets in a level, what are some observation points and what kind of instruction we can provide. And that lays the foundation for us. But then as the instructor, I've personally done the worksheets and I've done the achievement tests just as the students do. And then based off of that information and working with the students after doing this 10 years, I kind of know, okay, this set is very challenging for the students or 
this set is a five-page set, but page three, I want to observe and instruct because there's going to be a twist on the third page. I'm thinking long division right now. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. I did not know th there was like so much art to it. And I mean, just to a little confession and I might have shared before, we started going to a different Kumon Center just because I did a Google search and then it had more reviews. And then we just started going to one place until a parent in our school bus stop was like, oh, are you going to Margaret Center? <laughs> and I was like, who's Margaret? Oh, Miss Margaret. She's awesome. And she like, she owns her own Kumon. And I had heard about you from other parents just sharing and noticed a stark contrast between the different Kumon centers. There was like a lot more thoughtful, just higher touch that I noticed. So congrats. I think it's very inspiring the word, how you are running your center. What are some key things that you look at? How do you define like your workflow? So I wanted to see if you could share more about how you run your center. Okay. So whenever I get to the center in the morning, it always starts out with lesson planning and folder review for the students. And so anybody who is attending that day, I go through their file and I will review their previous class day and any homework that I have available to decide this is the lesson that I want you to do in class. This is the instruction I want you to have. I have a whole flagging system where if they need to focus on corrections and it's a green flag, if they're doing a new concept for the day, it's a blue flag. If there's something that I noticed in their homework that I want to either have a quick conference about or specifically go through with a set of corrections, it's a pink flag. And then if I have a very strong student that is doing something new, but I want them to study the example on the worksheet and try the first page without me giving any instruction, that's a yellow flag, but it's very organized. And so before I class, I'm... I'm ready to go. I have my observation list. I know which students are coming in at what time, what instruction I want to give. And I also have a really great team of instructors with me and they work with the students as well. And so before class, we'll go through, these are your key students for the day. This is what you're focusing on. And they're very familiar with those students because they work with them class after class as well. Fascinating. That's so cool. It's just, I think I took this for granted, Margaret. And I'm like, okay, come on. They just probably get the, the worksheets from corporate and then like they'll just distributing and then that's it. But I just noticed that there was this like whole operation that I noticed and I found it like very elegant, like how all the pieces were moving. My question, is this like part of the Kuman corporate or is part of Margaret's way of thinking like all of this color flagging? Is that, I had not seen that in other centers. So the flags I actually got from another instructor. And so we do monthly trainings together. A lot of it's on Zoom now, but we still get together in person and we'll have a topic and we share best practices. And wow. so I will pick from veteran instructors' minds in order to find things that fit with my personality and the flow of this center in order to make this the best center that it can possibly be. Oh my God, that's so inspiring. I'm just so glad my kids are like, they're lucky kids that get to go to your center, Margaret. When you say I have a great team of instructors and I'm sure you were like interviewing them and screening them. What are some key things that you look at when you are selecting instructors for Kumon? So a lot of it is, are they passionate about working with students and are they here to help them do better or are they just looking for something to do to get out of the house and 
They're not really invested in what they're doing. The majority of the staff that I have here at the center, their kids have done Kumon themselves. And so they were a mom or a dad and they were looking for a part-time job. And after working with them and getting to know them better because of their children, it's an easy hire to be like, yes, we would love to have you be a part of our team. And then they go through our training program in order to be able to work with the students. So they know kids and they know the material because they know that their kids have gone it through it. Do you have a way to detect passion for teaching? So I mean, during- this is it is almost like for me, if I were to find, I don't know, more tutors for my kids to help them privately, I'm just going by gut feeling. <laughs> But I wonder if there is a way to detect passion for teaching. So a lot of it is that gut feeling, but a lot of it is done during the interview. How much do they talk whenever I ask them, what is your past experience with math and English classes? And do you have any previous experience working with children? Because when that light goes on and they enjoyed doing what they had previously done, or whatever experience that they bring to the table, that's detectable versus the individuals who have no expression on their face. They're just looking for a part-time job. It becomes pretty apparent during that interview process. I've shared with you like, oh, it's just, they're crying. They don't want to do this. And sometimes I feel like it's not Kumon itself, but it's this perception of maybe it's difficult or like they cannot do it or it's hard. What do you think are some of the biggest like blocks with kids and Kumon or math and reading that makes them to me like Kumon, like the worksheets look so cute and they're so fun. I would have loved to do that, but I think they just see it in a different way. So what have you noticed? So when they're faced with a challenge, like a true challenge, that's when we start to see the motivation decrease and it becomes apparent not only in their attitude, but also you can see it in their handwriting when the Mm -hmm. students start to write sloppy and they were not doing that before. They're like, okay, this is hard. And a lot of times because everything at Kumon is a timed exercise, if it took them twice as long as it was before, it's okay, the section is very challenging. And those are the students that are key students that I then brief the other teachers about to let them know, this is what you're focusing on with this student. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just praise. If you give instruction and they do it, praise. The next time they do it again, praise. That way the students can see, okay, this is the goal that I'm shooting for and I'm achieving it because I'm getting this positive reinforcement throughout the assignment. And some days a student might need the teacher there 50% or more of the time and other days it might be 10% or less of the time because they have that internal motivation. And so they don't need all of the external support. How are we supposed to praise or challenge or support our kids from home? So whenever I started out at Kumon, praise was very challenging because I just wanted to say, good job. And that didn't really do anything for the student. And so it became, let's set a goal before we even do a page of Kumon. So if we're working with multiplication and seven times eight has been very challenging. Okay, so your goal today is to be quick with seven times eight. And every time that they do it, just praising, great job, correct, you got it. And then seeing that consistently, that's going to help. Another thing is when a student has struggled with something 
in class or if there's a note from the parent that says my child is struggling with this, just sitting down and having a conversation with them because a lot of times they feel like, okay, this other person is asking me to do this task or is requiring me to do this task. I don't have a choice. I don't want to do it. But they don't get the opportunity to voice that opinion. Once they can say, this is hard and we can ask what makes it hard they might be like, well, I don't know. It's okay, well, let's talk about it. Let's start at the beginning and let's go through it. it. They'll be able to start to work through those challenges because they know they have somebody there supporting them as well and just being very positive throughout that whole process. I know that you have also kids of your own. Do they also do Kumon? Like, how do you, I know you're at the center and very committed with the center. How do you go about instructing your own kids? So at the beginning, my oldest is now 14. And so she and the 12-year-old are pretty independent. They just know that it's a part of life. I sit down and I do my Kumon and it is what it is. I, the, the next child, she's eight and she's still struggling with reading. And so I do approach her lessons at home with, this is the goal that I have for you today. And sometimes it's just neat handwriting or don't take any breaks or it can be a vocabulary word that she struggled with whenever she did the set before. And so we'll go over the definition. So when she gets to that word, be like, okay, this is our goal today. When we get here, I want you to be able to explain to me what the passage is about. And then giving her that praise when she's able to achieve it. And if she's struggling, not giving her the answer, but providing support. And the best way that I've found this happens is through questions. So mm -hmm. I know the end result. And so I can ask her a question that she can answer to get to that end result. What are some of the challenges that you have as a parent? The hardest thing is going into their educational journey and being like, at this point, I have this certain expectation. And then I want them to reach that expectation, but also understanding that every child is different. And my first child was GT, very self-learning, independent, does fantastic in school. My second one is very social and she does great in school. But then this third one, she has struggled with the reading portion of the academics. She does very well in math, but for whatever reason, the words just, it doesn't make sense for her. And so it's easy to get frustrated whenever we've gone through something before and we're doing it again and she still does not understand. And so as a mom, I have to be like, okay, this, the frustration is real. But how can I help her instead of pushing my frustrations onto her? So I'd take a step back and look at it through her lens and come up with a different approach in order to help her. And so we do Kumon and we do there's we did the Bob books when she was younger. She now has the books that they send home from school and we read those over and over and over and over to the point where sometimes they're memorized. And then we have the golden books at home and she reads those to her little brother but again she's read them so many times that they're starting to be memorized where she can look at the wall instead of the book and read the entire paragraph oh wow that's a great point that you feel also with the different kids and their own development i have this a similar thing where i feel that my first child is just a little bit quicker to to get things and my second is not but the gap is they're only like so little apart that I almost feel that like the second feels inferior when she sees herself compared to her brother. 
And she almost feels that way. Oh, I should be doing this better. And she's not meeting those expectations that she places on herself by watching her brother. So between the siblings, do you have, do you like teach them at the same time? I'm trying to figure out, like, we just do a lot of this homework. Kumon in the summer was in the morning, we get together in the dining table. And then I'm like in front of them, just I'm trying to mimic Kumon. Like, I sit in front of them and then like, they're like sitting next to each other. It's a chaos, but I left them in their rooms and then they would just get distracted. How do you like with multiple kids, how do they all get together around the same table? Do you just give them time? If you're talking about logistics and getting more detailed, what does it look like when you're doing Kumon time? So Kumon is spread throughout the day in our household. So the oldest child, her personality is, I want to wake up, I want to get it done, I want it to be over. And so she'll wake up, she'll have practice, she'll do Kumon and she's done. Even with the school year, like she'll have it done before she goes to school. Oh my God. The second one is the type where she's, I'm going to do it in the car because I want to play whenever I'm able to. She's very social. And so she has a clipboard in the car and she will get her packets out and she'll do it while we're driving between different activities. The third one is very structured. So she will do her Kumon whenever I get home from the center and she knows that we're doing it. There are some days where she'll be very motivated and I'll walk in the door and she's like, mom, come look at my Kumon. It's already done. And so that's always fantastic. But then most of the time it's, oh, have you, where did you put your pouch yesterday? Where, where's your Kumon at? Let's go ahead and sit down and look at it. Oh, do I have to do Kumon? Yep. We're going to go ahead and do it. (laughs) I love how accommodating you are to the different students, their personalities and finding the optimum time that works for each child. I'm more of the, let's figure out the best way and then do that. But I think I'm just getting more creative now in my head. Yeah. They actually do want to do it in the car. And then I'm thinking, oh, you know, but the car is moving. Am I setting the wrong president? But then having the clipboard set up, like just having the mentality, okay, in the car, I'm doing Kumon. That works too. Yeah, it's worked really well. It did not work at all for my oldest child. Because when the second one started, I was like, oh, let's try this with her older sister. Nope. <laughs> she got so car sick. Oh, my God. Right. So you just very try different things and experiment different things, right? Yes. What are some experiments that you're like, okay, I'm going to try this. And like, it, I don't know, it failed or like it didn't work. Or what are some things that you've tried and really worked? And what are some things that maybe you tried in, when, in terms of like teaching and stuff that did not work? That's a great question. Even with your center. <laughs> so everything is always a journey. Like even though I'm at this point and I feel like I'm very strong in some aspects, I know that there are other aspects that I'm still growing and developing in. And then Kumon is launching their tablet study. And so we're now changing our mindset again. What is the next step? What is the growth? How can we utilize this fantastic opportunity of using technology to support our students, especially when they're traveling during the summer to other countries? I still have interactions. I can still provide instruction for them with the tablet. And so those have definitely been ways that everything changes and we have to adapt to it. Everything is trial and error. So you have an idea and you use it with one student and it works great. You take that same idea, use it with another student. It doesn't work at all. And so you have to go back to your toolbox. Okay, 
what can I try that's different to help the second student be successful? That way they can continue to progress as well within their studies. Yeah, that's cool. This idea of like journey, trying different things. I get nervous about screen time because it's like the whole system is built. So it always feels like it's never enough. They want to, they need to play one more game. They need to do one more, one more. So I, I've been trying to limit screen time, but not very successfully. But there are programs that I've heard of Khan Academy, or I'm sure there are some great programs online. How do you use screen time at home? Do they do like other programs other than Kumon? I don't know if you, just your thoughts on screen time and how you're seeing that with your kids. Yes. So the school district does use some online apps or other tools that the students could then use. Prodigy is coming to mind. There's one that my daughter was using in math that I'm blanking on the name right now. Of course, when they were young and preschool, they did abcmouse.com. And so every resource that I can have for them, I'm going to provide. That way they can learn to the best of their learning ability and be given every opportunity. The difference with the Kumon tablet study and something I've seen because I have switched my kids over to tablet at this point is it's not passive learning experience. They're not sitting there and just Mm -hmm. staring at a screen and watching something, which they love to do tutorials on YouTube about different things. Mm. They like the Food Network. They like cooking. They love Minecraft. And so they'll watch YouTube videos on how to code in Minecraft. Uh, But Kumon is active. So it's identical to the worksheets. And they're writing Mm -hmm. the whole time. And so they're actively thinking. They're actively doing it's just like a piece of paper with a pencil instead of the stylus and, or the tablet and the stylus. And they're writing the mm-hmm. whole time. So they're reading the passage, they're critiquing, they're analyzing, they're composing their answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's definitely coming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm like resisting it, but I know it's coming. You've been doing this for a long time. Have you had any, I don't know, any stories you can share? Oh, this kid was just really like struggling, but then learned the basis of math and now he's doing this or... Any, because you see them when they're very young and then you probably say goodbye when they're done and then they leave. But have you heard back from any students who ended up being very successful academically or maybe they came in, they were terrible, but then like they left very strong? So I have had both instances, two different students. So one of them, his mom enrolled him when he was in first grade and he started with the math and the reading very self-motivated and very eager. What's next? What's next? What's coming up? What am I going to learn how to do? And he completed the reading program in fifth grade. And he just recently completed the math program in seventh grade. And so just learning from him and being like, how can I tap into that motivation and share that with the other students is something that I was a huge learning process for me. Mm -hmm. And then I had another student who his mom brought him in. He was in third grade. He'd recently been diagnosed with a learning disability. And she straight mm-hmm. up said, my son will never be able to learn anything past addition and subtraction. Mm-hmm. 18 months later, he had mastered all the multiplication tables and was working on division. Oh my and God. the mom was just blown away. I had convinced myself after working with the teachers for three years and finally getting this diagnosis, it just wasn't in the cards for him. But through the daily practice and the determination that he had of, I want to learn this skill, 
we were able to help get him there. Wow. How does that make you feel? Okay, I'm in the right career. (laughs) I love what I do. I am one of the few lucky people that I love going to work every day. It's something that I look forward to. It's very rewarding whenever you can see that light go on for a child and they get it, especially if they've been practicing and practicing and then they get it. Just their journey is their journey and celebrating those milestones with them and being like, look what you've achieved. One of the other things that I like to do is whenever we meet with a student and they've been enrolled for about a year is I'll pull out their original placement test and then I'll pull out the worksheets that they're currently working on. And I'll be like, did you think a year ago, whenever we first met, that you would have been able to not only master everything on this test that you took, but now look what you're studying. It's however many months or years above your grade level and you're Mm -hmm. doing great. And that's always like a, oh, this is a really cool moment for the students to get to see that growth. Mm -hmm. I can definitely sense that you like what you do and we feel very thankful that we can and trust our kids with people who love what they do because that's not always the case with teaching. But for when you were talking about that child where he was like so motivated, internally motivated, and you were saying he just really wanted to learn how to take that and maybe help kids get there. Were there some, le- what are some lessons that you can share from like observing this one child that was just really excelling? So I would always... I got to the point where I did end up asking him because I always wondered, I'm like, why does he want to keep working when other students want to give up? And so mm-hmm. I, I asked him, I'm like, you know, what makes you happy to do Kumon? Like, why are you eager to, to come into the center and study? And he just said, I want to know what's next. And he did. He would always ask me, Miss Margaret, can I go look at the worksheets for the next level? And I would say, after you do today's classwork, Yes, she can go over the worksheet shelf. And he was looking, even whenever he was in second grade, he was looking forward what's in the fractions level, what's coming up after that. What is this minus sign doing in front of a number? What have we gotten to the pre-algebra concepts? And sometimes he would look at me and go, Miss Margaret, I'm never going to be able to do that. And I'm like, we will get there. I'm like, right now, I agree. That's not the lesson that you're on. But when you get to that point, it will be challenging at first, but you're going to figure it out and you'll be successful. We talked about the children, but I don't know can, if you can share about parents. Like, what have you noticed in parents of these kids that are like motivated, like very well mannered, very eager, even bright people who are smiling? Have you noticed anything in their parents? So, let me think of a word here. Of course, I'm blanking on it. The student that I was talking about earlier, who program completed the reading and the math by seventh grade, was very consistent. They never missed a Kumon assignment ever. She did give them two weeks break in the summer where they did no Kumon at all. And they went to their overnight camps and they had a great time. But then they would come back and they would just pick up where they left off. She also was one of the home grading parents where she had the answer books at home. And so she would grade her kids work that same day and they would go through it and do corrections before coming back to the center. So the students were able to master the skills very quickly with that approach. I have other families that I would say are equally successful, but have a very different approach. And those are my very optimistic, positive, just high energy moms. And a lot of times I'll look at them and I'll be like, 
how do you have this much energy? Like you have five children and they're passionate about their children's success. And that just comes through in their personality. What resource can I give them? How can I help them? What should I be doing at home? Most of these parents are very active in their children's learning and they'll send me text messages. I'll send them text messages with updates as well, but they'll let me know, oh, my son struggled on this. He had a question coming in to you today. And so then I'll know ahead of time, okay, this is what I want to review with this child before I even see their home study portion. Oh, wow. That's a great tip for like consistency and then this optimism, right? And even though they're like kind of big words and a little fuzzy, I think they are also very practical, being consistent, like not skipping assignments when the kids don't want to do it. And also this optimism that you have control over, right? Like those two things that you mentioned, I think are not things that depend on other people. Like those are things that you can control, being optimistic and being consistent. You talked about kids doing like other activities or so besides Kumon and seeing all these kids at wide range of like age groups, what are some other activities that you recommend kids to maybe get involved, like maybe sports or art, music that you found really a lot of success? To give you one example, like I've noticed that kids, and this is like in college, right? Kids that like knew how to dance, I noticed this like, hyper confidence, like ultra confidence in this kids that like knew how to move their bodies. And I'm like, it's one of those things I'm like, oh, if I had a chance, like I would love to teach my kids, like both male, female does not matter how to dance. So I don't know any activities that you've, you felt with your kids. Oh, wow. This, this thing is really helping them there with their creativity or confidence or yeah. So we're, not math and reading questions. Yeah, but. no, of course. I would say there's actually quite a few out there. So we do have the dancers. So ballet or ballroom dance. I've seen a lot of success from those students. Music is a big one. So learning an instrument and being able to play it. A lot of our students go into marching band when they get into high school. Sports is also a good one, especially team building sports. So I know my husband always talks about football, how if one person does not do well in their position, it's going to have an overall impact for the entire team. So it's not just about one individual, but it's about a unit of people working together and having each other's backs. And so learning that skill mm -hmm. as well, you can see success in those students, even in the classroom. Like towards the closing, just wanted to see what is next for Margaret? Like what are some things that, that you are looking forward to doing with your center? Personally, also your career, yeah. I hope to retire from the center. So this is kind of my long-term plan is to be a Kumon instructor. And I'm very excited and eager to learn about what Kumon has in store for us with the release of this new technology coming out for the tablet study for the students. They just revised some of the reading worksheets and they're phenomenal. Like they were fantastic before, but just being able to study the students and see, oh, if we tweak this, then they'll study more smoothly. And so learning right there alongside with Kumon, as well as from the other instructors in order to best support these students and help them reach their academic goals. Like with Kumon, like in, in Korea, which is like where we come from, there were so many different companies that were doing worksheets. Kumon seemed, I just saw it more often 
But out of all the different companies that are doing like worksheets or this guided studies, why did you pick Kumon or what do you, what are some things that you like about Kumon? So I love that Kumon, it's not just about math. It's not just about reading, but it is about the development of the child as a whole. So we want them to be not only successful in their academics, but successful in society. How can they live in such a way to give back to their communities, support those around them, as well as being successful students in the center in their schools? Okay. I really like that. <laughs> <I was> just... <laughs> yeah, you're coming from the really inside and you see all of that vision. I just want my kids to understand English at <laughs> school. So I didn't think of it that way. I love your center, Margaret. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Any message for the students, for the kids? Like anything that you want to encourage them or tell them? Like what would be like the message that you want to leave the kids with? Don't ever give up. You can do hard things and you have an amazing support group around you to help you be successful. You might not get out on your first try. You might not get out on your fifth try. It might be your 10th try where you're finally able to understand something. And that's great that you were able to reach that goal and learn that concept. Awesome. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to show them Miss Margaret on the screen. My kids are going to be like, oh my God, this is Miss Margaret. Thank you so much. I just really love the work that you're doing. I was just, just observing how you are running the center. There's so much going on, but everything seems so calm. And I know that it's really hard to make it look calm. There's a, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things going on, but I think the overall workflow is very elegant. So just as an encouragement, you're doing a great job and I'm really lucky to be part of your center. Thank you. We love having you and the kids here. <laughs> okay, I'm glad. Um, yeah, they. I think they secretly like it too. Just secretly. <laughs> okay, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Margaret. It was so nice to yes, have you. Thank you for having me on again. It was fantastic. I enjoyed it. <laughs>